Hi, this is Stephanie. I am jumping on before the show to tell you I am starting a book club in the month of June. So we will meet in a Facebook group and we're going to be reading A Life in Five Senses, which is Gretchen Rubin's new book. So during the weeks of June, we're going to have some discussion in Facebook, share the quotes we're enjoying, things about the book that we're finding meaningful, ask questions of each other, whatever we like. And then sometime during that last week, we'll plan to get together for a coffee chat on Zoom, discuss the book together. And I'm actually planning to reach out to Gretchen Rubin and ask her if she would join us for that coffee chat. It's totally a long shot, but what's the harm in asking, right? So if you would like to join us for this book club, I'm including a link to the Facebook group in the description of this episode on your podcast player and in YouTube. So check for it in one of those places, and we would love to have you join us. We get started June 1st. You can Mm -hmm. still find love. You can still have this. It's not anything about meant to be. You decide what's meant to be. You didn't wait to see if your job was meant to be or if you were meant to live in the house you live in. Don't do that with dating. You get to decide what's meant to be. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show... We're going to talk about the experiences of high-achieving women and men across industries and lifestyles who are at about the midpoint in their career and are no longer satisfied to let life happen to them. Together, we're going to purposely create the second half of our lives by addressing burnout and overwork, by getting clarity on how we're creating the experiences of our lives, including how we're keeping ourselves stuck, by articulating what it is we want for the second half of our lives and identifying a plan to achieve it. Hello, and welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. I'm Stephanie Lee. Today is a special episode. I have a guest with me today, and I would like to introduce Renee Suzanne. Renee Suzanne helps women over 40 start dating better men immediately so that they can meet and marry the man of their dreams. She's the creator of The Courted Method, a process that helps women date in order to create the lasting connection that they really want. Renee's also the author of Beloved, How to Go from Relationship Challenge to Relationship Ready, and 10 Things to Do to Upgrade Your Love Life. When she's not helping women find true love, you can find her out ballroom dancing with her husband or walking her dogs on the trails near her home in Chicagoland. Welcome, Renee. So glad to have you on the show today. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm so excited to be here. Wonderful. This is such a pleasure. Tell us a little bit, if you would. I, of course, I've, I've shared your bio with my audience, but if you would, if you tell us just a little bit about yourself. Sure. I, uh, well, I grew up in Chicagoland and was kind of dating challenged and ended up getting married to uh, an older man when I was a teenager just to get mm-hmm. out of a bad situation. And before I knew it, I was a single mom uh, at 28. He had passed away and I was just out there in the world alone with these kids. And when the dust settled and I thought I would like to find someone to share my life with, I just had a really hard time doing that. This was in the early 2000s when dating was Mm. just, you know, online dating was just becoming a thing. It was still kind of weird. 
Um, having four kids didn't help, you know, guys around my age just, you know, didn't want to be a part of that, mm -hmm. I thought. And so I just took it upon myself that I was going to learn everything I could about dating successfully because I did not, at the end of the day, want to spend the rest of my life alone. And mm. so I just learned everything I could about dating, about relationships, about communication. Coaching wasn't a thing yet, but it became a thing during my dating journey. And uh, I had also, I all this time I had, uh, I got a degree in finance and I worked in okay. a cubicle, very demanding corporate positions in finance and accounting, investment operations stuff. And so I was tired, overworked, long commute, four kids, dog, house, all the things. And before I knew it, I was 40. The kids were grown. I was an empty nester living in the city. And I thought, now, now it's going to be fine. You know, I don't have the kids anymore. I live in the city. There's plenty of men to date. And online dating was for sure a thing by then. This was in 2008. And I still was not successful. And that's when I really started looking inside myself and uh. working with coaches and seeing that, okay, there is, there are things you can learn about dating to be successful, but there were things that I also needed to learn about myself, about the choices I was making and why. And, at, you know, I was the common denominator in all the experiences I was having and how could I create the the kind of experience that I wanted to have. And um, my story has a happy ending. I married a wonderful man that I met on Tinder six years ago and decided to bring everything I learned into the world to help other women with dating, which is what I do now as a dating coach. Oh, that's wonderful, Renee. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that and love, of course, that your story has a happy ending. Yeah, it really, it really did. And, uh, and it's so funny when I'm coaching women and helping them, uh, you know, to say I would do it all. It was it hard. Yeah, I mean, mm. it was it was hard. I had to do some work at the end of the day. I would do it all over again twice just to be where I am today. That's oh, that's incredible because he's wonderful. We have a great relationship. We have a wonderful marriage and it, it was worth it. Tell me if you if you would what, what what was the turning point for you when you just decided you know what I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this happen for me. I had there were there were quite a few but um there was this little come to Jesus when I'm like I'm kind of the, I'm kind of dramatic so I would be crying in my apartment after getting dumped for the 39th time and you know like. I should quit. This is never going to work. I'm 40, whatever. Guys don't want women like me. I'm too old. I'm too damaged. I'm too, 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 too. Yeah. And then it was like, I couldn't give up. Yeah. Could, at the end of the day, I knew that I wanted this. I really wanted this. I wanted to get married. I had this, oh my goodness. My daughter worked in a bridal store as a teenager and I had never worn a real wedding gown because I got married as a teenager in my eighth grade graduation dress cost 30 oh bucks. Oh, my. Yeah. Things. Mm -hmm. So I had never worn a wedding gown. And this was my little de-stressor at the end of the workday. I'd drive past her bridal shop on the way home and I would just go in there and prance around in these wedding gowns before I went home to the dog and the dinner and the kids and all the things. Mm -hmm. And I would be like, I really do want this, even though 
And, and there was a part of me was like, this is ridiculous. You're too old. You already had four kids. You're pushing 40, you know, and, and the people in, in my, um, group that I worked with because I graduated college late because having all those kids, like I was going to a wedding every couple of months and darn it, I wanted this. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to give up on something that I want. I want this, even though I'm 40, whatever, even though I've been dumped more times than I could count. And my heart is pretty much held together with band-aids and chewing gum at this point. I freaking want this. And I am not giving up because I just couldn't bear the, like, yeah, there's giving up. But then what do you do the next day? You, okay, you give up. And then you get up out of bed the next day. And then what? What do you do? You know, just go on the rest of your life, not having something that you want. and giving yourself the consolation prize, like the travel with the girls or the, you know, get another dog or a cat or maybe get another promotion at work or whatever. I've done all those things. This is what I wanted. And I decided that I was not give up on myself. Yeah. So what did it look like to take, take the first step when you decided I am not giving up on myself? What, what, what did you do? I, I started working with a coach. Because okay. I'd kind of done, I'd read everything. I'd mm -hmm. just read everything. And I had dabbled in a few self-study courses, but I ponied up some money and worked with a coach because I needed to find out what is happening. Why does this never work for me? And I wasn't, I was not able to see for myself what, how the choices I was making were, were affecting the, the outcomes that I was getting. And I, I finally was able to see through, you know, and it, and it took a couple of years because I was pretty relationship challenged and I worked mm. with a couple of different coaches. And then at the very end, right before I met my husband, it, I mean, I had gotten a lot of aha moments over the years and I started dating better and better and better men. But the final aha was when I got dumped via text by a man that I had really liked, that I had nothing mm. and I knew it, um, he kept disappearing and resurfacing. And I finally saw, like, why have I, I was picking guys who were not super excited about me. I thought, like, and I see this all the time with my clients too. Mm. I saw, like, guys who were excited about me, I would think were needy. And they, why didn't they have a life? Didn't they have anything better to do? I didn't want some needy, clingy guy. And if, if they got too excited about me, I would push them away or kind of back off. So the only guys that I would end up dating were the ones who weren't that enemy. I was literally picking these guys. And I Isn't was like, that interesting. And I just never did it again. I just, those guys are like kryptonite to me now. Like, you know, I see them coming a mile away. I'm like, oh yeah, there's another one of those. And I started to, I started to actually pick the guys who were good for me. And I wouldn't have given my husband a second glance, you know, a, a year or two before I met him because mm -hmm. he, he, I would have thought, oh, what is he doing? Why is he texting me all the time? You know, um, he asked me to be his girlfriend and told me he loved me on our fourth date. That would have freaked. Actually, it did. Mm -hmm. Full disclosure, it did kind of freak me out. Mm -hmm. But I was able to go with it. Whereas, you know, even just a couple of months before then, I would have been like, what on earth? So just being open to the man who was 
available for the kind of relationship I wanted, like really seeing the disconnect between what I wanted to have and what I was literally creating in my choices of the men I dated. Mm-hmm. You can't make an omelet with, you know, cornflakes and, and uh, you know, uh, peanut butter sandwiches. You got to have eggs. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I wasn't picking eggs. Yeah. So Renee, how did you go? So if we fast forward a little bit, you had this experience, you, you worked these things out for yourself and got yourself into a relationship that you love, you're married. How did you decide, you know what, this is actually something that, that I can help other women do? I saw how uncomplicated it really is at the end of the day. I was making it so much harder than it really had to be. It is so clear to me now how this can be achieved. And I think that that most people just don't see it. Mm. I know I sure didn't. I thought it was this big complicated thing and the stars had to align and this, you know, this rare crazy love thing had to happen like like you see in all these chick flicks, like, oh, this you, you have to find this very special needle in a haystack person and you have to be extremely lucky and persevere for a really long time. And then just maybe, then just maybe if it's meant to be God or the universe or whoever will grant you mm-hmm. this thing. And I came to realize that it is not something that happens to you. It is something that you create. That's beautiful. Not something that happens to you. It's something that you create. Exactly. Like anything else, but we tend to romanticize love, but it's really not all that different than getting a job, buying a house, having a child, being successful at anything. Mm -hmm. Is there some luck? Yes, but not as much as you think. And the harder you work, the luckier you are. You do not need luck. The odds are eventually with you. It's it's not like you're trying to win the Olympics and there's only one gold medal every four years for the best of the best and you've got essentially a 0% chance of doing this. There are plenty of people in this world who want someone to love. And if you show mm-hmm. up in the right way and do this, you will find someone. You know, it's so interesting that you should say that, Renee, because that, that's one of the things, certainly it's been part of, part of my experience, what led me to coaching and something that I hear from my clients as well is, is this sense that life is happening to us, you know, that, that somehow we were in charge 20 years ago when we went to college and decided what our career was going to be and found the first job, but now it's just happening. And, and it's so interesting that high achieving professional women somehow make that pivot where we feel like life is, it's outside of us. It's outside of our control and what a difference it makes to bring that control back within ourselves. Yes. Yes. There are always things that you can do. You can, you always have choices and you, even if you just move the needle a little bit every day, maybe Mr. Wonderful and hanging out in your inbox today, maybe Mm -hmm. you make some choices every single day that help bring him there like writing a good profile, like getting good pictures taken, like responding to messages from men who have qualities that actually have something to do with Mm. 
good relationship, not just the guys with the cute pictures that are dating seven other women. Those are little micro choices that you can make consistently to help yourself have love instead of waiting for it to just happen. So what might be a couple of things that you would would tell the listener if she's think, if she's taking a look at her profile and thinking, oh, gosh, how, how could I improve my bio to be more likely to attract the type of men I want to? What might you advise her? I have an amazing free gift to help you write That's a great profile. Perfect. And okay. writing a profile is important. People think that that men don't read the profiles. The man, the kind of man you want to date will read your profile. Mm. And you do need good pictures. I'm not going to lie. Please don't just grab a couple of selfies off your phone and write, you know, uh, something that sounds like everybody else's, like a list of must-haves and countries you've traveled to and foods you like and bands you like and don't message me if you're a loser that's Mm -hmm. does that that's you know people just scroll right by that stuff don't write a profile that puts a man to sleep make sure you got a nice picture that looks good and then he'll click on it and read your profile but it's it's that you're just a little thumbnail and a bio he doesn't know how wonderful you are unless you have an amazing profile so that is the first thing I would because mm. there is a lot of meat in this in this free gift I offer. There is a guide to help you write this profile, and I help all my clients, of course, write their own profiles because I I don't write them I I want it to sound like you, and when you do it mm-hmm. my way, you will. I used to just write profiles for my clients, but then they sound not like you, not in their voice. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, well, we them- will we will include a link to your to your free gift in the show notes for this episode, of course, in the description on any of the podcast players. So y'all be sure to grab that uh, when you hear this, certainly. But that sounds that sounds awesome, and those are some actionable tips already that you've that you've given to our listeners. So tell me a little bit um, because I think one of the one of the perhaps first challenges right out of the gate for the woman in her forties or fifties who's deciding, you know, either you know, she, she's lost a spouse or perhaps she's just refocusing on this um, effort now in these years. What, what does dating look like as compared to perhaps when some of us might have dated, you know, 20, 25 years ago? Um, what, is, what, is, what, is the, what is the field? Because we see so much now online about, you know, hookup culture and everything else that's going on. Is there, are there people who are looking for, you said your husband called you his girlfriend. Are, are there men out there who are looking for a girlfriend and a so serious many. relationship? So many, so many. Okay, so here are the, the differences. Um, back when we were all in our 20s and everything was sparkly and shiny and wonderful, we were young. The guys we were trying to date were young. You could reasonably mm. expect you're surrounded by by droves of single people your own age who are reasonably expecting to settle down within the next few years because back then everybody was not everybody but most people were looking to get married and start a family or at least have a steady girlfriend there wasn't this hookup culture and all that back then right so and of course we were in our 20s The, the world was our oyster we didn't have you know teenage children, aging parents, big mm. responsible jobs and, and all of that. So so our lives have changed. Our bodies have changed. 
the dating world has changed and that that doesn't mean that you cannot be successful. It means that you need to be, you need to have a plan and you need to be a lot more proactive than you used to be. You can't just go to a party and stand there and wait for some guy to come along and ask for your number. And, you know, then he's your boyfriend in, you know, a couple of weeks. And then he magically produces an engagement ring and wants the same things as you. And you didn't have to do anything except put on some lip gloss and be nice to him. That's not the world we live in anymore if it mm. ever was. So we've got different lifestyles now. There are hookup culture is socially acceptable. It is socially acceptable to date around and to never get married and to live together mm-hmm. and to, you know, be a player or whatever. That that is that is a reality today. And then you've got all the things that go with with online dating that are scary, like the catfishing, the scammers, all of that. You don't, that does not have to be a problem. If you're Mm. clear about what you want, you have standards about who you date and you communicate and vet these men for the experience you want to have. So you need to be proactive. You need to have a, a plan and you need to be proactive. And if you are, you can separate the wheat from the chaff easily enough and be vetting these guys and only dating the men who want the kind of experience you want to have. And there are nuanced ways to do that. You don't, you cannot assume anything with online dating. You cannot Mm. assume not seeing someone else. I think you should assume that they are. You have, you cannot assume that they want to get married, that they want to be monogamous, that they, anything. You have to vet men and There are some very easy safety precautions that you can take to not get catfished, not get scammed, not get played and end up with a man who seriously does want a relationship. And it's it's really pretty straightforward once you know how to do it. It is not rocket science. I can teach anybody how to do this in just a few weeks. Super easy stuff. So can can you give us a quick tip or two on on how perhaps to to vet to vet someone you might be interested in online? Absolutely. So you've got your great profile, which states Mm -hmm. your relationship goals, great pictures. Guys will message you. When you are looking at these profiles, I want you, please, please, please. And I I could talk all day about this, but take my word for it. Date local men. Date local men who will meet you within a week or two of matching. You don't need to date long distance. You're not such a special snowflake that you need to date men who live thousands of miles away because there's no one in your area who wants blah, blah, blah. Stop telling yourself that nonsense and date local men for the love of all things holy. (laughs) That is where all the trouble starts. That's where you get the scammers, the catfishers. They all say they're Mm. working on an oil rig, they're military or they're doctors working overseas. Why on earth? I know I get all bossy, but why on earth ever date someone like that if you wanted a relationship anytime soon and you're in your 40s or 50s or beyond you didn't got time to waste on nonsense like that please date local men meet them within a week or two of matching and make yeah, sure that's interesting people yeah so meet them in, within a week or two tell me a little bit about that because I, I know some of the women i have talked to you want to want to spend a little time going back and forth and kind of getting a feel for the time. guy that they're talking to time. No waste of time. Couple of messages and then get mm-hmm. him on the phone. You will find okay. out more in five minutes on the phone with him than you will in five weeks of how was your day? 
Oh, that was fine. I I made a peanut butter sandwich. What are you wearing? That's when that mm, starts. Okay. No, couple of messages. Hey, I would like to. I, it's been so nice connecting with you on Mash.com. I'd love to hear your voice and get to know you better. I'd I'd love to you know know more about you. Let would you be open to a chat? Here's my number. You're not comfortable with that? Get a burner phone or a Google voice, but mm. please talk to him on the phone. Here's what that does. You're going to, married guys usually won't call you on the phone with their wife sitting next to him, eating a bag of Cheetos, watching a rerun of Game of Thrones, right? Right. But dude who's dating seven different women and wants to, is up to no good, he'll, he'll text you, he'll pain you while his wife is sitting right there. Okay, he probably won't call you on the phone and schedule a real date with you. So you want to get to that phone conversation and get on a real date. So that's a filter, basically. It is a filter. It, yeah. and okay. Don't even waste your time. Why do you need to message this guy for for five weeks to find out if he has a pet iguana and what his favorite cartoon character was in junior high? No. There's, there's nothing, just get him on the phone. You'll find out way more that way. And you'll find out if he's willing to call you and invest his time in you and, um, and can talk to you at a reasonable time of day. Mm. I who won't call you, he, something's going on. He's dating too many other people. He's married. He's shady. He's whatever. If he won't call you, he's not your boyfriend. So what about, uh, you know, I'm thinking about obviously today, do people hop on? FaceTime for phone calls or are they just actually, you know, having having an old school phone call? You can have an old school phone call or hop on FaceTime for sure. E- either yeah. of those is a viable option. You can you can Zoom, you can you can whatever. But I do advise that before going on a date because you don't want to be running all over town meeting random people that you've just been texting sure. like like he can order you along with his beer and pizza after you mm. No. And don't go to his house. I don't care how much you like him. Don't go to his house. There's plenty of time for that if you guys hit it off. But don't go to his house. The date should be somewhere in your neck of the woods local. You don't need to drive 45 minutes to pay for your own Starbucks. Let him be chivalrous and meet him at a public location. Take Mm. your own transportation and let someone know where you're going and when you'll get back. Or share your location with, you know, your best friend or your your mom or somebody on your phone. Just yeah, somebody so, knows where you are. All good tips. Absolutely. So so we've talked a lot about dating, obviously, online. So are most people meeting online these days? Should singles yes. be yes. in? Yes. Okay. So you're saying yes. yes. So oh, online for sure. Online. It is the okay. best thing going if you use it right. Especially okay. Especially midlife women. You never know that at every party, every dance, every bar, every church, every whatever. And guess what? There's jerks at those places too. And when you go, this is hilarious. My girlfriends and I, back when I was living in the city and single, we would go out on the weekends and pay all this money to go out to all these restaurants and come home and complain that we hadn't met anyone. Nobody's coming up to your table when you're there with your six best girlfriends having a cocktail. A decent man is scared, you know, scared out of his mind to approach a table full of women. You you might get mm-hmm. a player or a, you know, I don't know, um, so, some kind of undesirable man, maybe somebody who's yeah. drunk or a narcissistically overconfident 
person that you probably don't want to date, but a decent, like my husband, who is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that he would walk up to a table full of six women on a dare. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's a different, that's a different, yeah, for sure. For sure. That's Mm -hmm. so interesting. That's so interesting. Do you find, I mean, when, when women are perhaps women that are working with you or, or other women, you know, that are, that are dating, are they also working sort of the face-to-face angle as well? The, the social functions and the friends of friends and the churches and you all this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I advise, but hit that online dating hard. That's where you can find them. You can, I call it exercise in your friendliness muscle. So if you go out, so if you want to do three things. Please, please, you want to be on an online dating site and an app. Work mm-hmm. those hard. Be on there every day if you're serious about finding love. I want you on there every day. Then you can go to a social event every week and please, not with seven of your girlfriends, please go alone where there will be men and talk to them. Talk to them. Make yourself available. Even if you never meet any guys at these things, then when you get on a date with somebody you really like, they're not the first guy you've tried to chat up in five years. Mm. So you you can be You've gotten some practice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then when you're out and about in real life, chat with people, chat with the barista at Starbucks, chat with the woman who's pushing her kid around in a stroller, chat with the old guy. Like I said, it's just gets you used to being taking um Making conversation, being friendly, not being so like, I don't have time for chat up anybody unless they're, you know, the love of my life kind of thing. Get used to cultivating an interest in other humans and what what they're up to. And then when you get on that date, you're not going to, again, be the first person that you've tried to talk to besides your, you know, your your family and your friends and your coworkers. You're used to talking to people and having maybe some kind of awkward conversations and it's not such a big deal anymore. Gosh, that just seems like such great advice. And so, so obvious, if you will, that we want to get out there and, and, and talk and interact with other people and sort of practice almost being ourselves with others. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that just, that's, that's wonderful advice. So tell me a little bit. So when, when women are engaging let's say on the apps and they're going back in there for, and forth and, and chatting with maybe several different men. How do they, how do they manage the feelings of perhaps rejection or ghosting that occurs? What, what do you recommend for women to sort of prepare themselves or what, what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Uh, you will be rejected. It's okay. We all get rejected. Everybody. Cardinal rule of online dating and really success in any endeavor in life is never to take anything personally because it's mm. not. You don't know these men. You don't know them. That guy who ghosted on you, he might have been hit by a truck or his dog might have died or he, his ex might have come back into his life or he might have just decided that he he can't deal with dating right now or he might have picked someone else because he, you know, likes blondes and you're a brunette or who cares? Mm-hmm. There's 7 billion pe- people on the planet. You only need one. You're, you, you're only looking for one man. You want him to be excited about you. You want him to be there for you and adore you. You don't want that guy who 
who seemed really interesting but ghosted on you. He wasn't your guy if he ghosted you. Ghosting happens to everybody constantly. And it doesn't mean anything about you. It does not mean that you won't find love. So please expect to be ghosted. Please mm. expect to see fake profiles. Expect to see scammers. Expect for maybe somebody to say something disrespectful like, oh, I don't like your hair. Or, or oh, wow, you you know, I like your cleavage. What are you wearing? Mm -hmm. You know, are you interested in a hookup? Guys are going to say all kind of dumb things. And you don't have to make it mean anything about you. It's worth the love of your life. And I could tell you I had everything happen to me, like pretty much everything. And now I'm married to the love of my life and I really don't care. I don't yeah. care. I'm sitting around crying. Well, I've been married for six years, but this one guy told me that he would I meet him at a hotel and la la la. Like, okay, that happened. I don't, you don't. It doesn't care. matter anymore. Yeah, you won't care about the guy who dumped you. You won't care about the guys who broke your heart. You won't care, like. You won't care about any of that once you find your wonderful guy and you are walking down the aisle to marry him or moving in with him if that's your jam. Mm -hmm. He's your forever guy. And you know, every morning you wake up, you're going to see his face and eat dinner with him. And he's going to give you a hug when you get home from work and ask how your day was. You're not going to care that you got ghosted. Yeah. So how do women deal with that in the moment when they're, when they're looking at their phone and they're waiting for that next text? Or they're wondering why he hasn't called. What What do you suggest? Borrow a line from the rules back in the day. Next. Oh, the rules. Yes. Next. <laughs> next. Yeah. Next. That one wasn't my guy. Next. Yeah. Yeah. On because to the next one. It's not about you. I want you to picture your guy out there right now. If you've just been ghosted, if you've just got your heart broken, if you're wondering if he's out there at all and are you really going to go back on match or tinder or pumble or whatever i want you to pick up pick, picture your guy out there right now just like my husband my husband is a wonderful man he's successful he's he's got a master's degree in engineering he's a wonderful mm -hmm. human best human being i ever met in my entire life he told me he would message 50 to 100 women for every re response he got back Okay, I want you wow. to a wonderful man like him. Nothing wrong with him. He's a great son. He's out there right now, scrolling through his phone, wondering where you are. I want you to picture him and show up so that you can meet him. Those numbers are just astounding. So he would message, you said, 50 to 100 people for every response he got back. Yep, and I'm glad that's he kept amazing. going. Yeah. I'm so glad he kept going. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So who is, is we talk about the work that you do, Renee. So who is your ideal client? What, what type of, what prepares a woman or where should she be to seek out help from you in, in her journey towards finding the love of her life? Yeah, she is ready to find her guy and she is willing to do the things. Mm. She is willing to put some work into it. She is willing to try some new things or try some things that she's done before in a new way and look at her mindset. Look at, hey, am I, am I, is my way of being in the world consistent with what I say I want to experience? And is she willing to look at the choices she's making and consider making new ones? Mm. Is she willing to help herself get the results she wants? 
my work is not for people who are waiting for something to happen to them. Okay. So anything else that you would say you would like the listener to know if they are a woman but in 40s and 50s looking for the love of their life and just wondering if it's going to happen for them? What else is it that you would like them to know that we haven't talked about perhaps today? There are wonderful men out there who want to date you. They want to get married. They want to share their lives with you, not a 20-something. They, they want a woman like you, a good woman who has experienced life and is ready to settle down and share something meaningful with them. And they're really hoping that you are going to show up today and so that they can find you, so that you can be maybe one of the 50 to 100 that says, yeah, hey, let's talk on the phone. Yeah, let's let's meet up. Le I would I would love to meet you. And let's let's see what we could do about this. And spoiler alert, he's not the fanciest, shiniest. I call it the three sixes, six feet tall, makes six figures and has six packs abs. He's not going to probably give you butterflies like when you were 20. But you know what? He will call you when he says he will. He will show up when he says he will. He will be excited about you. He will want you to take down your profile. He will want to be your boyfriend. He will want to marry you. And maybe his pictures aren't so great. Maybe he has a really boring Tinder profile. And maybe you've just looking past guys like this all the darn time and saying, oh, it's slim pickings. I hear that all the time. It's slim pickings. You don't need mm. 100 guys blowing up your inbox that all look like they stepped off a GQ, you know. They might look like your dad or your grandpa. Guess what? You look like your mom or your grandma when you were 20. So yeah. please, please understand that it doesn't look like it does when you were 20. And that is okay. You can mm -hmm. still find love. You can still have this. It's not anything about meant to be. You decide what's meant to be. You didn't wait to see if your job was meant to be or if you were meant to live in the house you live in. And you were just going to go and live under a bridge till your house that was meant to be showed up. Don't do that with dating. You get to decide what's meant to be. I love that, Renee. I love that, Renee. I, I really appreciate in all that you have said how much you put women women in the driver's seat of this part of their lives too. This is yeah. this is not not something to take a back seat on. This is absolutely something to uh, for, that that you control. That you're empowered to create the the results that you want in your own life. And I just think that's so exciting. And I love um, the, the sense of, of, of possibility and that there are people out there, you know, we hear and, and, you know, the listeners know I'm, I'm married and have been for, for a long time at this point, but there's so much in the media about how there's no good men out there or, you know, how dating is so hard. And so I so appreciate um, how positive you are about people in general and the ability to, to get out there and find meaningful, lasting relationships. That, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's true. There really are people out there who want to connect and it, he's looking for you. Awesome. So Renee, if, if some of my listeners would like to reach out to you uh, and, and learn a little bit more about what it is that you do, um, how, how, how can they best access you? Sure. Go to reneesuzannecoaching.com and sign up for my free gift to help you write that amazing profile. And then you'll be on my list. 
You'll learn all about how you can work with me if you want to take that next step, but you will at least have a really great resource to help you write an amazing profile and get yourself out there. Okay. And now you have a podcast as well, Renee, correct? I do. It's called Find Love After 40 with Renee Suzanne. All right. Awesome. I know they'll be subscribing to that as well. It has been such a pleasure, Renee, to have you on the show. I appreciate you joining me on Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stephanie. It was so much fun. And a big thanks to Renee for that wonderful interview. Um, as I as I think about what we talked about, I was struck by a couple of things. Um, and one was just simply how how accessible uh, this is when when Renee talks about it in terms of finding someone. You know, I do remember uh, being a young woman, you know, you think lightning is going to strike, you know, if, if, you, if you find your person or your one or your, the love of your life or those kinds of things. Um, it doesn't feel like a, uh, something you're in charge of, you know, in, in many ways. And to be at this stage of life and knowing my friends and the women that are in my life that are looking for that are looking for love, that are looking for a long-term relationship, that have fulfilling lives, but also want that piece of themselves to flourish in that particular way. That's what they want. I, I want the hope for them that Renee brings to this conversation. So I was just uh, delighted by the opportunity to interview her and to bring this content to you all. And I hope you will check out the things that she has to offer, especially that tip on creating your online profile. That sounds amazing. So thanks again to her for joining us today. And thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. I will be back here next week with another episode, and I will hope you will join me on your favorite podcast player or YouTube. And if you enjoyed this episode, please don't hesitate to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That does help others find the show. And if you have questions for me, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can DM me on Facebook or Instagram. I'd love to chat with you and hear a little bit more about what you're thinking. Thanks again. It's been great chatting with you and I can't wait to see you next week. Bye-bye.